0: Welcome to the business sphere. On this podcast, we want to share real stories and real struggles from entrepreneurs who have been where you are. John Fong interviews business professionals and entrepreneurs in many fields to uncover their successes and challenges. We take a deep dive into their journey and provide you with tips and advice to help your business today. Thank you for listening to the business sphere. Don't forget to share this episode and subscribe. Joining me today is speaker, mentor, and business builder, Paul Martinelli. He built his cleaning business from nothing to millions. And now he helps entrepreneurs achieve their full potential. Thanks for being on the show today, Paul. Excited for you to be here.
1: Right on. Thank you so much for inviting me and and great to be with all of you who who are tuning in.
0: Yeah, so this is going to be a lot of fun because you being in the cleaning industry to now in helping a lot of entrepreneurs get started, um, maybe share with the listeners your backstory. How did you get involved in the cleaning business? And even prior to that, what went on in your life to
1: become an entrepreneur? Oh, my goodness. You know, know, I, I think, you know, I know you have interviewed hundreds of people and I bet that with within all of us, there's this common DNA that um, I do think that maybe you're born with that drive to become an entrepreneur. I really do. And then I think, you know, uh, you know, God willing, you're placed in an environment that's conducive for that part of you. To, to mature and develop and grow. So I was always an entrepreneur, right? I was that kid when I was, when I was young. I was knocking on your doors in the wintertime. I grew up in Pittsburgh asking you if I could shovel your snow. In the summertime, I was knocking on your door asking if I could, you know, cut your grass. In the fall, I was knocking on your door asking you if I could rake your leaves. Uh, I mean, I, I did anything and everything to, to earn a buck. Uh, I delivered newspapers. I sold light bulbs door to door. I sold peanuts down in the strip district down in Pittsburgh uh, at, at our flea markets. And so I've, I've had this entrepreneurial spirit. But, you know, my my childhood um, is is similar in ways to, to many others in that. You know, I, I don't I don't think any of us make it off the playground of life without, you know, some scars and some wounds. Right. We're, we're we're all we're all aware that we're not part of the dominant culture of influence. There's always something different about us from the crowd. And and then the crowd kind of teases you or picks on you for, for maybe maybe you were tall and skinny. Maybe you were short and round. Maybe you had, you know, curly hair. Or maybe you had freckles, whatever it was. For me, it was that I had a really bad speech impediment. Uh, I was, I was a, a, a stutterer. So when I spoke, I mean, you know, early on, uh, I, I've had years of speech therapy. Now, when I would speak, I, I, I spoke, spoke, spoke like this. And so the kids would just, you know, have a field day with me and tease me. And, you know, my, my, my speech impediment came from growing up in a abusive home. The, the, the home of my childhood was not safe emotionally. It wasn't safe physically for sure. And, um, and so I developed a really low self-esteem and a really poor self-image because of that. And so what I didn't realize at the time was that, you know, in all of that, the composite of you know, being in, a, in kind of a non-safe home, being picked on at school, you know, my beliefs were being formed, my beliefs about who I am. And, and and what I could be, what I could one day become, and you know our beliefs drive our behavior. We never outperform our own self-concept. You know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, I ended up failing out of school. I, I dropped out of you know in tenth grade. And, you know, was destined to do nothing, right? I was, you know, I was told my whole life as probably you were many of our, our your, your viewers were told that, you know, you all amount to nothing without a formal education. The interesting thing, and this is, I think, a really cool point is, is that my sister, who's older than me and my two older brothers, they all did great academically. Like like my sister, you know, did fantastic. She was uh, graduated number one in her nursing school at college. My brother Tom was uh, graduated from the University of Pittsburgh as a microbiologist, and was an Apache helicopter pilot in the army. They picked the smart ones to fly the Apaches. My brother David, you know, graduated on a full scholarship to Carnegie Mellon University with a PhD in civil engineering. So we, you know, we were in the same environment with the same DNA and completely different results. The only thing that was different about us was, you know, our self-belief. And so I kind of fell into the cleaning business because I needed to make money and um, nobody would hire me because I didn't have a GED. I had a couple of hundred bucks. I bought a used vacuum cleaner and I started going door to door asking people if I could clean their office at at night. And I figured, you know, any dummy can clean a toilet. And I was, you know, I was any dummy. And I was able to parlay, you know, my years of experience of, of, of knocking on doors, asking people to shovel snow and rake leaves and cut grass into asking them if I could carpet, you know, vacuum their carpets, clean their toilets and, you know, uh, t- take out the trash. And that, that led me to grow in a really successful business once I got a mentor.
0: That's amazing. So
1: maybe I would
0: like to ask you, like, at what age did you start doing this and at what age... Did you decide to to get a mentor and what was the impact of it when you started uh, hiring that mentor?
1: Yeah. So I was, I was 22 years old when I stood 1988, when I started the commercial cleaning business Um, and I worked really hard for those first two years as all entrepreneurs do, right? I was, you know, I was cleaning all night long because it's nighttime janitorial services. So I'm cleaning buildings and restaurants and bars when they close. During the day, I'm out trying to build the business. I'm getting supplies. I'm trying to hire people to help me. After about two years, I was earning about twenty twenty five thousand dollars. I had four or five people working for me, and then all of a sudden, everything I was doing stopped working, and, and I didn't know why. I would I would pick up an account, and then I would lose another account. I would get a new employee, and one of my other supervisors would quit. I was at you know just proverbial gerbil, you know going you know one step forward, two steps back, and I didn't know why, and I really believe by the grace of God, by divine intervention, I walked into this one office while I was out cold calling and there was my angel. His name was Patrick Hayes. He was a retired uh, New York stock, uh, New York trader. Uh, He traded bonds on Wall Street. His brother ran the desk for Shearson Lehman on Wall Street. His father was the chief legal tax attorney for Exxon Corporation. At that time, it was the largest company in the world. And so Patrick had kind of grown up with the silver spoon in his mouth. He was a trust fund baby, but he was also very successful in his own right. And he had retired probably at 45 and said that um, he was committing his life to helping other people. And that if um, if I would do what he told me to do, the way he told me to do it, the number of times he told me to do it, that he'd helped me grow my business. And he handed me a book and, and, and it, it wasn't just any book. It was this exact book. Now, when he gave me the book, it, it, was, it was brand new, all right. And this is the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. Oh, you've got it, there it is, right? All successful people have it. And he gave me this book and he said, what he was gonna do is he was gonna take me through the book word for word, sentence by sentence paragraph by paragraph, page by page, chapter by chapter, and that we were actually going to do the book. Like we were going to do every exercise in the book. Strange thing happened. Um, Within three years I was earning, I had earned a quarter of a million dollars within five years. I was worth a million dollars that that wasn't supposed to happen. Now my my copy of the book says, you know, 7 million copies sold. Um, 7 million people didn't get rich yeah there were 7 million copies sold but you know how many people buy the book and never open the book how many people buy the book and never finish the book how many people bought the book read the book and never did any of the exercises and how many people may have done some of the exercises but didn't have a mentor come along and here's the cool thing you ask you know what did i pay him nothing he he didn't he didn't want any money and so i've you know i i then applied those principles i built six now multi-million dollar companies those companies have generated over 750 million dollars in revenue so nearly nearly a billion dollars you know that's not supposed to happen for a high school dropout I've traveled and worked you know all over the world uh, speaking teaching training and coaching that's not supposed to happen for a high school dropout Um, I've been I've, I've built The largest training organization, as far as I know, in in the world, um, where uh, we certified 36,000 people to become licensed coaches, speakers, and trainers. Uh, I partnered with uh, John Maxwell 10 years ago. I was at lunch with John Maxwell, and John and I became business partners, and we built the John Maxwell team. You got a John Maxwell book right there. And um, John and I partnered up, and I said, You've got the content. I've got the, I've got the entrepreneurial understanding of how to grow business. Um, if you'll license me, give me the exclusive license to relicense your content exclusively around the world. Give it to me for five years. Um, I'll build you an army. I'll build you an army and, and you'll earn more money than you've ever made in your life. And that's saying something to John because John's done you know pretty well at this time. He was probably number six all time selling on Amazon. And he said yes. He said yes to the deal. Um, uh, The deal was that I had to front all the money, and I had to guarantee him a million bucks. And so we did that. I built the I built the infrastructure of the organization within six months. We launched uh, on March second, two thousand and eleven, and we over those next ten years uh, licensed and certified. And trained thirty six thousand people from one hundred and sixty two countries.
0: That's
1: amazing! It is amazing, and, and and I say that not to impress anybody, but to impress upon you, you've got to understand. I was so broken. I was so broken when I started. So there's hope for you, right? I was, I was, I, you know, I was, I was, I was going in the wrong direction and picking up speed. There's hope for you. I have made. I've made every mistake, John, and sometimes, sometimes I went back and made them again just to make sure, you know, I failed right the first time, you know what I mean? And, you know, th- you know, he says, he says in this book, he says, you know, one of the, you know, you you know, the history of the book, he, he spends 20 years interviewing 25,000 people, 500 of which are the most successful people, Ford, Rockefeller, Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, four U.S. sitting presidents, and at the culmination of all of that, there's 13 principles of achievement. One of them is the chapter on persistence. And he says, persistence is to the character of man that, that, that carbon is to steel. It, it's what fortifies it. And if there's something that I think for, for all of your viewers to take away is, is, first off, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. So if, if you thought, if, if you're wondering why it's hard, it's because it's supposed to be hard. You know, if you're wondering why you're failing, you're failing because it's a necessary ingredient of success. Failure is success is constant companion. It's supposed to be. Every single one of those failures is is, is an opportunity for you to fortify your skill, your talent, your resources, your character, your discernment, your ability to make decisions, your vision. It's a necessary, you you, you, you have to be forged in the fire of failure. And I think if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that you need to embrace failure. You have to welcome it. Um, You have to be comfortable in it. You have to learn from it. Um, you can't be afraid of it, right? You can't, you can't try to avoid it. You gotta, you know, I think it was Drucker who said, fell fast, fell first and fell often.
0: Right. No, that's amazing. And, you know, it it sounds so, so long ago, right? Because now maybe it's like 20, 30 years ago and you mentioned you, you exited, maybe you sold or you moved on to other successful businesses. Each time you move to a different entrepreneurial journey, um, what was it that kept you going in this mindset of instead of retiring or instead of selling and living on a beach or whatever it may be in a comfort setting,
1: what kept you going? Well, I I think what keeps all of us going is the nature of who we are. You know, you and I simultaneously live on three planes of existence. We are spiritual beings. Make no mistake about it. We are spiritual beings. This is not, this is not religion. I mean, this is just reality. We're spiritual beings. I mean, we all know this. There's something beyond your physical body. You have a body, but you're not your body. There's something beyond your thoughts. You have thoughts, but there's something more about you than your thoughts there's something about you that's more than your emotions, you, you, you can feel emotion, but, but there's something beyond that. And, and we, we all know that about us. So we're spiritual beings, we've been gifted with an intellect. He says in this book, it's the development of our intellectual faculties that separates everybody. It's not an abundance of specialized or generalized knowledge that led Edison and Ford and Rockefeller and all these others to great success. It's that they developed their intellectual mind to such a degree that they could create, attract, or manifest anything they wanted without violating the rights of other people. So we're spiritual. We've been gifted with an intellect and we're experiencing life in the physical realm in our physical body. And the spiritual side, the spiritual nature, Of who we are, it's always seeking fuller expression and fuller expansion. This morning, uh, probably one of the world's wealthiest investors, Warren Buffett at age, what, 93 today, woke up wanting to get richer today, wanting to grow Berkshire Hathaway bigger and larger. And you have to think, why? It's not because he's a greedy capitalist. It's because he's a spiritual being. We will always seek fuller expression and fuller expansion. We will always want to be and do and have more. And so the thought of you know I don't know any I don't know any serious entrepreneur that has a has a has a life plan to lay on the beach in Fiji and retire
0: No I, I, I totally agree right like when you have that, bug that entrepreneurial spirit and it's been your lifeline who and you've been evolving and growing and learning and you know getting motivated by just that thrill desire to to want more it's hard to kind of give up right it's hard to like let everything go because it took you years to harvest these traits right so uh, I totally get you and you know for me it's more how did you mentally prepare yourself for transitioning to other opportunities because as a as a business owner in that cleaning space and I'm not sure what industries you you evolved and got into what did you utilize or what what did you bring to the table that was unique and different to your other ventures um because you know every business is different they yeah. require different skill sets. It requires different leadership skills. It, you know what I mean? Like, what, what were the major pillars that you brought to these d-
1: different ventures? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think the first is discernment, right? Um, look, it is a natural part of being an entrepreneur. To hate that what you're doing in the moment, right? You have a kind of a love-hate relationship with your business at, at times, especially in the beginning, and to always, you know, in, especially in the first, you know, three to five years where most businesses fail, to be looking to next deal it, right? You know, I call it, you know, SOS, shiny object syndrome, right? And so you've got to cure yourself of shiny object syndrome, right? So that you don't, you know, like there was a time where I was out uh, cold calling selling my cleaning business. And at the same time, there was somebody who was going door to door selling knife sets, knives, you know, they're selling knives. And, you know, that looked really appealing to me because I thought, geez, he's got no employees. He's got none of the headaches, you know, he makes this great commission. Maybe I should start selling knives, you know? I joined Amway, I joined New Skin. I mean, I you know, for the first two or three years of the business, I, I didn't have the discipline of discernment and and a persistence and a focus and so i think um, discernment is critical especially when you're looking to make that transition from from one thing to the next thing is discerning is it really is 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 it really my time to leave this have i done all that i can or have i extracted all the value that i can extract have i delivered all the value i can give have i have i fulfilled the vision have I fulfilled the vision of what this of this was? Have I made the most of this? Have, have I learned all that I, all that this has come to teach me? I think that people, I think businesses, I think ideas come to our life for you know a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And sometimes there's you know the, the cleaning business was a season of my life. It was 18 years, and towards the, probably the last three years, I felt the static. I just felt the static of, you know, this just, it was, it was, you know, I, it would be, it would continue to grow larger, but it was no longer challenging. It was going to be the same thing. It would be groundhog day for me over and over and over again, just with different clients and, and that, that it lost its appeal. Uh, I, I like, I like the startup. I like the, the drive at the beginning. So I think, I think one of the key things is, is discernment. Have you, have you extracted and added as much value as you can? Is it truly the end of the season? And then I think, you know, when you, when you make that transition into, into the next, um, you know, phase of your life or, or deal or, or opportunity, um, I, I think it's important that you take an honest self inventory of yourself, a really honest inventory of what really are your skills, what are your talents, what what are your resources, what is your potential, and and what's going to be required in this new area? Uh, Because, you know, from training 36,000 coaches, um, all of those who came, almost all of those, uh, 90% of them, Came from some under other industry. They were car salesmen, they were school teachers, they were insurance agents, you know, they, they, they were bricklayers, they were painters, you know, they, they were they were dance instructors. They all came from something else and they were looking to next deal, whatever they were doing. So they had one foot in their old life and trying to plant a, a foot in, in their new life. And perhaps the biggest mistake they made was they thought that all of the skill, talents, abilities, and resources that they had developed in their one deal was going was gonna automatically transfer. So somebody who was, you know, a successful insurance agent and selling insurance thought that they could just come over to, you know, sales in selling speaking services. And as you know, from, I mean, you're one of the masters in marketing. It doesn't transfer. You've, you've got to build, you've got to build your brand. You've got to build your reputation. You've got to build your following. You've got to build your visibility. You got to all from scratch and you don't really get bonus points for what you've done in the past. So, you know, I thought, geez, you know, I was successful in the cleaning business. I'll be able to step into the coaching arena very quickly. Not so much. Um, I had great skills, talents, abilities from being an entrepreneur in that setting. But this was going to require a whole different level of skill, talent, ability that I didn't have and I hadn't developed. And, you know, you no no, no, nobody starts in the middle. And nobody starts at the top. I don't care who you are. When you're stepping into the new deal, you start at the bottom, as as it should be.
0: Yeah, that's great that you're uh, making note of that. Like self assessment, self awareness, making sure that you analyze what your strong and your desires are and what your strengths are. Right, like what you actually enjoy doing, and passionate, and you know, you get up excited doing those certain things, pursue those things, and leverage it. Right, so just like when you're starting a, a bootstrap kind of business versus something that you're buying and trying to grow, right, um, you're gonna bring something unique to the table. You're gonna bring your specific skill set that you can leverage. Maybe you have a like for myself, digital marketing, right? That's my my thing. I can bring that to a lot of bricks and mortar stores, um, and opportunities that arise, right? Like different audience, different subset of, uh, of attraction, right? Um, so be self-aware, be understanding of what's going on in your space and understand when you get bored, like you mentioned, like the last three years of running that cleaning business and it's like Groundhog Day where you don't feel you're as excited as you once were and you feel what's my next thing, right? And all entrepreneurs go through this if they've made it past five or 10 years. If you're just at the beginning of your journey, you don't even know what entrepreneurship really is, right? So I've been in it for eight years now, and I still have that huge desire in learning and growing and you know wanting to do more. And until that stops, I'm gonna then pivot, right? But I still am very passionate because it's a never ending world of this digital age. Like there's always something new. So it's always evolving and I don't think I will ever be still in the space. So I'm very fortunate to be in this space as opposed to a bricks and mortar trade where there's not a lot of technology advancements on a specific product like lawn mowing. There's only so many different brands that you can purchase to do things. Maybe you do Roomba on lawn and then you just press a button in there, right? It, It moves away from you as a person, you can automate a lot of things. So understanding like the gaps and opportunities and what you can bring to the table is very, very key um, when building a business. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wanted to ask you, so I know that you've been in this space, right? Now you're uh, you know working in the coaching, mentoring space. How, how different is it than your previous commercial cleaning business? or how synergetic is it? Like, what are some of the similarities and what are some of the biggest challenges that now you're facing? Because you're dealing with so many coaches and mentors that you have to train and get them up to speed. Is it more systems and processes? Is it more meetings, accountability, you know, and not dealing with customers? Like what are the biggest gaps that you had to uncover?
1: Well, I can. that's a great question. I I can tell you that, Um, You know coaching and mentoring people i love to do i love helping people unlock their potential um and and, and i think i'm pretty good at it uh, i think the reason why i'm good at it is f- frankly because someone unlocked mine right potential is one of those things you can't see in yourself you know it's there you know you know there's more for you like you know you could be doing a better job but you can't get out of your own way. It's like you're in a box and the directions to get out of the box are taped to the top inside of the box, po- outside of the box and you can't get out. And so in many ways, what I do today is what made me successful in the cleaning business. See, here, here's something I learned, John, is, is, is when I was in the cleaning business, you can remember this is 1988 when I started, right? So, you know, if you wanted to advertise, there was one play, Yellow Pages, you know, somebody wanted a janitorial service, they grabbed the yellow pages, they went to J and they looked for whoever had the biggest, most colorful ad. And that's, you know, they called three of the biggest ads that they could find. So, you know, you had to buy your ad a year in advance. You didn't know what the, what your competitors were going to buy. So you were kind of forced to to pay up. And so if you wanted to go out and look for new clients, like I was wanted to target new clients, I could grab the yellow pages. And I could go from A to Z, from accountants to zoologists, right? And I could I could call on every single one of those companies and say, Hey, this is Paul. With at your service, you know, quality, you know, quality cleaning with a white glove touch. I wanted to see if I could come out and give you a free proposal. And if they said no and hung up, I could go to the next accountant, and all the way down to you know bricklayers to you know to, to to all all the way through the alphabet. But there wasn't a book that was this thick, full of employees. And I very quickly realized that there was something more important than the customer. It was the internal customer. See, in the first couple of years, I thought what I would do, you know, smart entrepreneur, right? I would price as high as I could price. I would pay as little as I could pay and I would make the margin. Sounds, Sounds smart, right? Doesn't work that way, right? And so what I realized was that the most important asset I had, my most precious resource were my employees. It's a lot easier to find a dentist office to clean. My goodness, there's thousands of them within your five mile radius, right? Real estate offices, lawyers offices, engineering firms, architecture. I mean, they, I mean, just look around. But to find somebody who's willing to go out at seven o'clock at night drive their car, put a vacuum cleaner, a dirty mop, a bucket of water, go to a building, unlock the building, turn off the alarm, turn on all the lights, clean the entire building, not to steal anything, take out all the trash, deposit in the trash in, in, in the dumpster so it doesn't end up being you know, torn all ab- ar- apart by raccoons, you know, turn on the alarm, lock the door, shut up all the lights and be responsible for all that. That's a lot harder. And so what I realized was, my my most precious resource was my employees. And if I could build people, they would build my business. And so I stopped paying them by the hour. Uh, you pay them by the hour, you cheat them. Because you know, if you go into the doc, dentist office after cleaning that dentist four or five times, you learn how to clean it a little bit quicker. And so I started paying them by the job. If they could do it better and they could do it faster, they could make more money. I started giving them percentage of everything that happened inside the account. So if I got the carpet cleaning, the window cleaning, if I sold the supplies, they got, they got the profit sharing this. So, and then I started to talk to them about what their dream was, you know, finding people to clean toilets is pretty hard. I had employees who worked with me for 15 years. I have three people who still work for me. They, they left the cleaning company have been with me. They've been with me for 30 years what's the difference well when i was when i when, when i was building the business i would sit down with a husband and wife and say you know what do you want do you want some money for college do you want guys want a new car you want to make, do you want to earn an extra 5000 dollars this year to go on vacation because if you do i have got a bank and and a doctor's office right around the corner from your house i'm going to show you how to clean it if you'll clean it every day you guys can earn whatever amount of money and so i learned to dream build with people i learned to mentor and coach people who were employees, I learned to build, I, I, I learned to, to show them, hey, look, I know you're not going to stay in this job forever. I want you to stay as long as you can. I, I want to pay you as much as I possibly can, can until, until your value is so great that you exceed the value that I, the, the, the money that I can pay you for. It. And then, and then I bless you and go on. I, 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 I don't want to enslave anybody. I don't want to hold you down. I want to build you up. And it was amazing and how, you know, other companies, because I live in South Florida, you know, seasonally, they would lay people off. We would never lay people off. We had jobs all the time. And so I think there's a lot of similarities there between, you know, what I do now in terms of mentoring, that skill of seeing people's potential, speaking life into them, and then most importantly, creating an opportunity for them. Creating a pathway for them to live their dream. I think, you know, if you're going to mentor people, it's not about giving advice. Mentorship is not about giving advice. If you've got a mentor that doesn't open up and you know, it doesn't take their phone and copy their, you know, open, open up all their contacts and say, what do you need? Let me make that connection with you. That's what that's what a that's what true mentorship does. It, otherwise, you know, go, go to a counselor, go, go go to go to the SBA, sign up for a score class, service corps, of retired executives, get all you know, you get, you get all the advice you want. But what you want in mentorship is you want somebody who sees your potential, who believes in you, who, who will hold the vision that you have, who, who will afford you the opportunity uh, to to have access to, to other people that they could never get in. You know, I, I've been able to introduce people to, to people that they would never have met. They, it, it would have taken them years to be able to, to, to get an appointment with a certain person. I've been able to, to make one phone call, to send a text message, and it be done. And so, I think, I think those are the things that that have that have been able to help me in this business that served me real well in the others.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and I love you. First off. Um... Just to give you a background, I I did work at Yellow Pages for five years. (laughs) And then I started this agency like eight years into it, which is SEO, which is specifically, you know, what Yellow Pages was. Google replaced it. And then uh, I love you talking about like your people because just like myself, eight years, my employees are the, my biggest asset. You take care of them. You talk about vision. You talk about roadmaps. You talk about, you know, making sure you fulfill their personal endeavors and dreams and you equip them with access information, Intel, and you educate them, you harvest them, you let them grow, not just mentally, but also like just throughout that journey so that you're in it together. Um, It's, it's so inspiring, right? Like, and it's so rewarding to see them evolve. And I, I'm very grateful for the people that have been working with me as well as more so than the actual clients, to be honest, because I see them daily. I talk to them and I actually get to know them. My clients are a service that I'm providing and they can go and come as they please, but really my people are my bread and butter. So I take care of my, my family, right? Which is my people. So I love you mentioning that. And, um, you know, you're, you're hitting on so many good points because in the last couple of years, I've been mentoring as well. And it's a lot of fun. Not only that, it's like rewarding because not only do I have my team, my, my, my staff, but now I'm helping other entrepreneurs get their foot wet start off or different stages of their lifespan, not let alone like that mindset shift from nine to five to starting a business. There's so much to consider and they don't even know what they don't know, right? So it's it's fun, but it's also exciting. Right. And I get a lot of thrill in trying to see them progress. Not everyone succeeds though, because a lot of people give up like you mentioned persistence, right? And one time, you know, a couple times of failure, it's like, I, I just can't do it. I got too much on my plate. I got family obligations. I'm like, guess what? That's reality. In business, you do what you got to do. You don't sleep sometimes. You work seven days a week. You just make it happen. And if you're not mentally ready to do this, you wait until you are because you want comfort, nine to five. You want stability, sure. But when you kind of, are driven by hundred percent commission or something that is self driven that you have to work on and get rewarded on, then that is on your, you to make it happen. Right. And that's internal will internal desire and things that you cannot control as a mentor or a coach or anyone, because that's someone that has to be fully aware of it and unlocking the potential, like you mentioned, right? Like it's hard, for a lot of people to see their potential as well. And not everyone is aware how hard it is going to be. <laughs> everyone thinks it's a lot easier because they see that shiny object. They, they see people at the top, but they don't see that 20 years of daily commitment of, I always do the sports analogy, right? Like that NBA player, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, they don't see them when they didn't win the championship or when they're two or three years practicing daily for 12 hour days with a right. nutritionist, with a coach, uh, offensive coach, defensive coach, training, you know, all the, everything. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Do not hang out with their friends, social gatherings, family obligations, whatever, travel that's what it takes, right? If you really want to build something, you need to put in the time and effort and commitment. Right? So true. So, so true. I, I love you mentioning all this. And it's come, you know, it's coming full circle, right? Like now that you're giving back, because making an impact, making having a legacy and helping others, I find it as the most rewarding thing, as much as you know, I I have a son and I, I want to harvest all the values and traits that I have learned over the years. It's frustrating because he's so young, right? He doesn't get it yet, but it's also, you know, rewarding to see him interact with others, right? And seeing how he mentally prepares himself, right? Yeah. Have you found that transition? I'm not sure if you have a family or if, you know, you're, 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 uh, mentoring a lot of people, what's the most rewarding thing that you're finding in your, your business now or your career?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm i really blessed. Uh, my fiance um, is a lot younger than me. Uh, so I'm 55, she's 30. Um, and she has a five-year-old and a four-year-old. And so I love it, right? I don't have any kids of my own. So it's like an opportunity to just you know, do life right, you know, and, and get some do-overs, right? So how, how old is your son?
0: Uh, he's five as well. So yeah. similar age, it's so fun at this time, but it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work and uh, and it's, it's a commitment. And, you know, of course, it's, it's supposed to be a lot of work. Everything is. It's supposed to be a lot of work. You know, you think of people who are entrepreneurs who are in struggle and they're, you know, they find themselves, you know, uh, sleeping on the floor. They find themselves um, feeling defeated. They find themselves being taken advantage of other by other people. They find themselves getting shafted by people that they trusted and, 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 and beat them up that way. Um, they find themselves overextended. And yet what they fail to realize is that's how that's how Bill Gates made it. That's how Steve Jobs made it. That's how Zuckerberg made it. That's how Bezos made it. They what do they have in common? They all slept on the floor. They, they all got taken advantage of at some point in time. They, 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 they all got defeated at some point in time. I mean, Gates and, and, and what was it? Yeah. Gates and jobs both kind of kicked out of their company jobs more famously, but you know, uh, you know, Gates was invited to leave, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as dramatic as what happened to jobs, but you know, so that's, that's part of entrepreneurship. That's part of, that's part of success. So I think for me, the most rewarding time, is seeing somebody through the valley. Right. I love to be in the valley with people. I love, I love working at people when they're at their darkest, when they're, when they're having their darkest night of the soul where they can't see light. That's that's when I think I'm best with people. Um, of course, then the reward is, is that as soon as, you know, as soon as someone sees the light, wow. You know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, it's the road to Damascus experience. It's the epiphany. It's the shift in everything. It's, it's, the, it's the application of all the lessons from every stumbled footstep that now all of a sudden leads to like certainty, right? And then to be able to walk with that person and, and see them go, you know, in, in, into the light of their achievement, perhaps the most rewarding thing and then certainly giving back i i wrote you know i've only written one book and people have asked me you know you know first off you know i'm john john maxwell i was john maxwell's business partner for 10 years he's written 125 books you know why why didn't why haven't i written a book and i to be honest with you i thought what am i going to do write write a book on goal setting i mean lots of people have booked there's lots of you you, you know there's great stuff on goal setting great stuff right um uh, the personal achievement or mindset. There's some fantastic stuff. I mean, uh, hard, hard to improve on this, hard to improve on uh, as a man thinketh, hard to improve on anything that Thomas Troward's ever written, right? It, it would be just my, it would just be my take on something. Um, but I did write a book and, and I did write a book on thinking Grow Rich. Because I, I think there was, there's three missing chapters of Think and Grow Rich. Because I think if you're really going to think and grow rich, if you're really going to have a rich life, you need more than these three principles. Because something that's interesting about the book is, is if you do study the lives of the people who he mentions in the book, some of them died miserable. Yep. Some of them died where their kids didn't talk to them. Where they were ostracized from their family, where they had kind of fallen from grace. That that that's that's not what he that's not the richness that he's talking about in this book. Certainly he's talking about money, but he's also talking about living a rich life. And so I wrote the three missing chapters to the book Think and Grow Rich, was a pretty maybe cocky or arrogant thing that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write, you know, the three missing chapters from thinking Rouge. you know, who am I? Well, I, you know, I've read the book thousands of times I've trained, you know, I've trained over a hundred thousand people that I can track, that I can trace, uh, through the book. I teach the book for free one time a year. I give back like Patrick gave to me. So I do think I, I have the authority to write what might be missing in the book? And there's three principles. One is the principle of forgiveness. You, you can't you cannot live a rich life, you know, full of resentment. And not, not, nothing will grow in resentment energy. I don't care. You 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 have to be able to forgive. Uh, the the second is is unconditional love, right? You you have you have you 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 have to you have to love. People, you have to love life unconditionally. You, you have to have the capacity to do that. And the third is this idea of, of tithing. That I think what most entrepreneurs understand is the getting side. And you know, most of our programming from a very young age is be a go-getter, go get them, go get them, go get them. And yet the first law, the first law of prosperity, first law of pros- pr- prosperity is to give, givers gain. As a matter of fact, Emerson said that the entire universe operates by law. He said that the the law of all laws is the law of cause and effect. And in the law of reciprocity, the only thing that starts circulation is the cause of giving. You, You must put out... A farmer understands this. They sow, then they reap. They don't reap and then sow. They sow and then they reap. And so as an entrepreneur, I think we have to have a really good understanding of the circulation of prosperity. And it starts by you giving. And when when, you're, when your first idea is on how much can I give rather than how much can I get, which is really hard to do when you're first starting because you because what do you have to give? You're, you know, by nature, you're struggling. You're a beginner. There's not much you can give, but that's, what's required of you is to give from when you have the smallest amount, because if you can develop the, the, the thinking and mindset to give when you've got the smallest amount, you will be trusted with more to give to whom much is given much is expected. We are to be, we, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you should understand that all you are, all you are is a channel of distribution for value. That's all you are as, as, an, as an entrepreneur. All you do is you, ex, is you, you provide value and you're a channel through which values. And so it, it just makes sense that the more you provide and, and the more, the more value you give, the, the, the more territory you give to give it. The better you serve as a channel for distribution of value, the the larger the inflow is. It just makes common sense. I mean, it's pretty simple. And so I've I've developed a a process of tithing, a practice of tithing, a teaching on tithing. And look, the tithing isn't about money because you may not have the money, but do you have the time? Can you you give 10% of your time? Can you give ten percent of, of your creativity? You know, can you know? I, I have a friend. She, mother was 90, 94 years old. She lived to be ninety nine, and, and and I knew I knew her for twenty years. And for as long as I knew her, uh, I, I I was I was ignorant. I was just unaware. I, I would meet her. Her name was Stella, and Stella would say, "You know, I'm praying for you, honey." And I would kind of, you know, oh, that's sweet, Stella. That's beautiful. You know, that's nice, and. And then one day, thank God, before she died, I woke up I, and I caught it. And she said, I'm praying for you, honey. And I realized that's all she can do. She's giving me all that she's got, all that she has. All that she can do for somebody right now is pray for them and she's saying i'm doing that for you and 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 for years i was a jerk kind of patronizing her like oh that's sweet You're like not 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 graciously receiving the gift of her tithe and so can, can 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 you hold somebody else's vision maybe you don't have money but 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 can you say to somebody what tell me what your dream is and let me hold that vision with you let me pray for your dream let me you know let, let me speak life into your into your life. Can you do that? So you can tithe even when your bank account is nil. And and I think when we can understand that as entrepreneurs, when we can understand our role as channels of distribution of value, and we and we understand that the more we give, the more we get. It's real simple. It's it's the basic concept. In which the entire universe operates, the law of cause and effect. And as spiritual beings, we were designed to be causative. We were never designed to live on the effect side of things. We were designed to be the cause of things. And true entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs, are the ones who are on the causative side of everything. That's amazing, Paul. I mean, these three
0: bullets, I, I really, truly, uh, you know, take to heart myself, like forgiving, just understanding people, right? Like different perspectives. It's so important. Like I, I read the Obstacle Way by Ryan Holiday. I'm a big give and take guy, Adam Grant, you know, some, some great givers out there understanding what's going on in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And don't be objective in terms of like... I, I, you don't have to dig deep like as much as what's going on in their lives you have no idea accept it and help as much as possible right take it in slow down because people already have a con. you know already judge people by how they dress wear look feel touch whatever um the stuff they possess But why? Why are people judging others, right? So as I become more globally um, traveled, world traveler, right? Like I'm big into not just here in North America, but like third world countries understanding like what people have to go through in their daily undertaking to just have our necessities of water, food, shelter, you know, just clean clothes, right? Like sanitation is not even normal there. You, you think here we have electricity over there. They're lucky to have it once an hour, one day, one day, you, you get one hour of it, like yeah. things like that. And how fortunate and grateful we are to then want more and then not look at others and say, wow, what's going on? Like, why am I, you know, so petty in terms of certain things and why am I judging others? And I have no idea what's going on in their lives, their situation, what, what's impacting their decisions, right? So as you mature, as you become more wise, as you, you know, now that you've lived a little bit longer than others, and I'm, I, I believe that as a, an entrepreneur or any business owner or any per human, you should have different people in all aspects of your life. And I was so fortunate while working at Yellow Pages, I dealt with tens of thousands of business owners, and they were aged from 50, 60, 70, 90 year olds And each of them gave me so much wisdom of our mentor sessions. Every time I had a renewal meeting with them, I would ask them, why are you still doing what you do? Like, what keeps you going? What excites you today, right? They have the big smile and happy face. It's like my desire to keep, you know, taking care of my family. Keep, keep my community is everything. Without them, I have nothing, right? It's like the relate social apps aspect. These things are pillars of life. And you need to make sure that it resonates with your lifestyle, right? So whatever business or life you're gonna venture into just make sure you are full, right? Like make sure you, you not just dream it, but live it to the best of your ability. Don't judge, be, be a constant giver, reflect as much as possible, live presently and try not to get too caught up. Stop chasing, right? It's like you're comparing to others when you should only be comparing to yourself two days ago, two years ago, five years ago right and all these things i've been just learning learning reading learning talking to others and these are real people as opposed to a social post right someone selling you a dream or something right like uh-huh. as you become more wise you know the business aspect of it all as well as what's in it for you you utilize what your bandwidth is be in control of it remove everything that is a distraction right um, and, you know, as, as you age and become more wise, you're more control of every aspect of your life, health, exercise, business, relationships, religion, community, all these things are so important, right? Um, so, Paul, thanks a lot. I, I love this conversation. We can go on for hours, but I know I respect your time. And I just wanted to ask you, like, is there any final tips that you would like to add to any of the listeners and maybe, um, plug your, how, how to reach out to you? What's, what's the best way your contact information, the website, maybe, or email,
1: um, go ahead. Sure. Well, well thank you. My email is uh, just Paul at Paul martinelli.net.com goes to some real estate agent in uh, Canada. So it's Paul at Paul The website's paulmartinelli.net. Um, let me leave you with one truth that I think if you'll, if you'll take some time and really contemplate this, contemplate the, contemplate the consequence of this truth in your life, it has the ability to change the way you do everything, okay? And here it is. It's a universal impossibility. It's a universal impossibility for you to have conscious awareness of an idea and not be fully resourced to bring it into physical manifestation. So in other words, that dream idea to start a million-dollar business, you wouldn't be able to have conscious awareness of that concept. You would not be able to tap into the vibrational frequency of the composite of energy that creates what we call an idea you wouldn't be able to tune into that frequency unless within you there was an equal measure the potential energy to physically manifest it it's like you you could not have you could not have the potential for an oak tree inside an acorn unless the acorn was fully potentiated and resourced to actually manifest an oak tree if it was placed in an environment conducive to its unfoldment. Inside every seed is the potential for what it one day could be, and if planted in the right environment, it manifests this. Inside you is desire. Desire is the effort of an unexpressed possibility within you, seeking to be expressed within through you. It would be a universal, lawful impossibility for you to become aware of your dream and not be resourced to bring it forward. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to fail. It doesn't mean that, that you're going to even know how to access that potential or access those resources, but they're there, and because you know they're there. If you really knew they were there, this is the you know what would you do if you knew if you wouldn't quit, you know, it, you know, if you really knew they were there, then you would you would dedicate your life to pursuing how to f- how to access those resources within you, and if if you've been challenged in finding those resources up until now. I'd love to hear from you because I think I can help. you.
0: that's amazing. Well, thanks a lot, Paul. That was great final words because every human has, uh, there's an abundance of opportunity. You need to find it within, like you mentioned, and you know, you being such a mentor coach with uh, an abundant amount of not just experience, but um, success, Helping others uncover it, um, it makes me sound feel like you're in it in the right zone. Like you, you actually are helping other people pursue their dreams and aspirations by being a true giver and by making the most impact that you can humanly make. And seeing people at the the trough, the the low point, and getting them out of that is the hardest thing for people to acknowledge and the more people that are not afraid to reach out. And that's the one thing, a lot of people think they have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. But when you are able to acknowledge what you don't know, and feel uncomfortable by reaching out, there's a ton of communities, people like yourself that are willing to support you guide you help you uncover what the potential truly is. And you know, and this is what it's all about in terms of training, being an employer, being a business owner, the more you help people evolve and grow and, and figure things out, the more likelihood you're going to be successful. Right. And I, I love that, Paul. So thank you. Reach out to Paul. I want to thank you again for uh, spending an abundance amount of time and abundance amount of uh, great tips for a lot of these entrepreneurs listening today. So thanks a lot, Paul, for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the Business Sphere and share this episode. Tune in next week for more interviews from entrepreneurs.